Hello everyone, this is Tribecast, episode 51, and my name is Marina. This week we have two guests. First, you'll hear the interview with Vincent Calvo from CompTech Solutions, the winner of the Startup World Cup Finnish Finals 2020. And then we'll share some tricks and concerns about online events with Rasmus Basiler. Thank you very much for having this interview. First things first, let me congratulate CompTech on winning the Startup World Cup National Finnish Finals. So you guys were great. You did it. Thank you. <laughs> but Vincent, could you please tell our listeners a few things about yourself before we go into your business? Yeah, so hi. So I'm, I'm an industrial engineer by the University of Zaragoza in Spain. I'm a father of two, married to a Finnish woman. I've been working, I have quite a long international career working in, in the Benelux as a consultant for different industries, including consumer electronics, aerospace, home decoration. Then we moved to Finland 15 years ago and I work a little bit as consultant first and mainly for Nokia. And then I, I moved directly to Nokia as an as expert in the display technologies team where I met uh, my partner, Joe Colong working in my team, we were scouting new technologies, implementing them into, into phones. And at that time, Yoko was already preparing a little bit the origins of Comtech Solutions as such, based on a technology that he developed himself at the university. And uh, when things went a little bit bad, Yoko invited me to join the venture to help him and John Idal, the other co-founder, to put the company together and to drive a little bit things forward. Well... In short, that's that's me. All right. That sounds like you had all the things you need for a startup. You have Nokia, you had experiments in different fields, and you have a guy from the university. That, that's correct, yes. Yeah, Comtech is a, kind of a traditional spin-off from university, from the University of Turku. We also have in, in our board members, we have actually one former VP from Nokia, Matti Helgren, who's supporting us a lot in, in business development activities. We started like three years ago from scratch, just three founders in a garage. <laughs> so we are a garage startup and uh, we start building our laboratories and bought the patents from the university and start building everything. Uh, we hire more people from the university. So we have four people actually from the University of the original team who was working around this technology. Now we are 10 people, nine PhDs. I'm the, the, the one without the PhD basically. So I'm the dumb in there. <laughs> yeah. You're the down-to-earth guy who ensures that you speak the same language as your potential customers or investors. Uh, yeah, I'm one trying to keep things simple to an understandable level. How we are dividing things. Nine people with brains and, and me trying to do the rest. <laughs> I wonder, like when you tell this story, it looks a little bit like you appeared at the University of Turku. Um, Turku Tampere Love, yay. And... Uh, just said, okay, this lab, they're developing something good. They're now not working for uni, they're working for me. And I wonder what, what the university officials thought of you. No, actually, how it was is, I mean, the, the, the collaboration with the university is very good because uh, the university was doing one business, Finland or Tekes at that time, funded a totally project. So those are commercialization studies for the technologies. So, and as a result, the result of that, commercialization study was to, to put the company together to 
sell this technology and 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 that's basically what we did we just put a company and we got the IP rights we bought them from the university and and we just start i mean that's that's uh, the target from the university is to to sell whatever technology they develop and we just bought it and start then on our on our own to to go there but still the collaboration with university is quite quite good we are also renting some of their laboratories for for instance for measurements characterization laboratories which are very very expensive it's uh, it's something that we we have access to so yeah i mean the, i think that there is no bad feelings between us so it's, uh, on the contrary it's, it's, it's very good collaboration right sounds good when you explain it i love when there is a very clear implementation of science and research into real life rather than you know just staying in the lab and developing something that will never be used speaking of which i guess it's a good time for you to explain to those who are listeners who dared to miss your speech at the start of world cup what your product is exactly about yeah so we are working in in semiconductor industry in semiconductor technology and what we have is a um, technology to protect these materials against oxidation so semiconductors they oxidize very quickly in a very bad manner especially these uh, compound semiconductors, which are materials where we are focusing in. And those are materials that, compared to silicon, they have much better properties. But then uh, those the deficiency that they could reach in theory is never reached because of these problems with the oxidation. So the, the industry has been trying to tackle these this oxidation issues with different methods. But what my colleagues found is a, is a completely counterintuitive method to protect against oxidation by oxidizing. So what we do is instead of avoiding the oxidation, we oxidize in a very controlled way to create a very crystalline oxide structure on the surface of the material. These crystalline oxide structures are very high quality structures with very low amount of defects. We have measured up to 98% defect reduction compared to the traditional methods. And uh, they are novel. It was the first time somebody could create this type of structures on this material. So those those structures are also patented, not only the process. So we, by implementing these protection layers on the materials, we, we can get the efficiency of the devices much higher. And also the manufacturing cost could be lower because the, the amount of defective parts is smaller, is reduced. We can get uh, devices, as they are more efficient, they could be made smaller. So you, the, the, the manufacturers could get more chips for every uh, production round so that the costs go down quite significantly. And, and this, is, this is basically the added value that we are, we are trying to sell to the chip makers, improving efficiencies and improving manufacturing yields. We are focusing on electronic. Uh, one of the key advantages of our technology is that it could be implemented to many different areas where these materials are utilized. And uh, we are currently focusing on optoelectronics, which is basically lasers, uh, LEDs, uh, detectors, uh, photovoltaics. But there are many other areas where this, this technology could be also used, like in power electronics and radio frequency applications. Okay, that does sound like vast amount of fields and technologies and production where your technique can be implemented. And I think that's cool. Do you believe that this potentially broad market was one of the things that, that basically made the jury to choose you as the winner during the Startup World Cup competition. And while you're thinking to the answer to my question, I'd like to remind our listeners that you can see the CompTech pitch 
though the event has ended, uh, the videos are still on Tribe Tamper YouTube, and I'm pretty sure it was episode three. Yes. So, yeah, that, that was a good question. Uh, I would like to ask that from the jury as well. I think I tried to keep it like this is a quite quite difficult technology, and we have seen the challenges or, of trying to explain this to, to investors so that they could understand the potential. So in, in the two minutes and a half pitch on the video, I tried to keep it as simple as possible and giving, trying to put a dimension to the problem, which is a, is a huge problem in the industry. It's a huge market and trying to show what, what we do uh, in, in simple words. And yeah, I, I think the market volume and the, the innovativeness and the novelty of the technology, those things combined, I guess, they serve to the jury to decide. The next stop is now San Francisco. Yes, that's that's correct. Yeah, it would be interesting. Yeah, for us, it's a good opportunity because we were actually trying to raise uh, a serious uh, funding. So we are looking for investors. We have some some local investors already, but we are looking for uh, from abroad investors which might have more experience in this semiconductor industry. So a little bit like a strategic investors. And I think the, the, the visibility we will get now through this competition, especially in the U.S., could, could help us to, to get in contact with, uh, in direct contact with this type of, of investors. So for us, it's a, it's a great opportunity. All right, then. I wish you good luck with that. And of course, I'd like to again to congratulate you on the winning. Um, I think the competition was tough this year. There were all these startups were really strong. As a part of Tribe community, I'm actually interested. What is your general experience of the Startup World Cup this year? especially since it was an online event. So how did it feel for you? Yeah, it, for us, it was actually the first time we participated. And uh, when we got the, the information via email that, uh, okay, now this the live session is canceled, so we are moving towards a, a video pitching, and it has to be a two minutes and a half video. When I, <laughs> I was very mixed feelings, like I could not think of how i going to explain this in two minutes and a half without even looking at the people I'm talking to. So I was uh, hesitating a little bit, but then I said, well, let's, let's, let's try to, yeah, I think a little bit overnight. And I said, okay, yeah, I can make it. I can make it. So, so yeah, I quickly made the video showing the, the promise and a couple of slides as support, uh, just uh, with the main ideas and, well, it, it, it worked out. So I'm, I'm happy. I think it was, was quite good, interesting, this, this video format. And, and I have to say that I have seen that a lot of investors already before this COVID-19 started, they were already asking for video pitching. We have never made it because of, yeah, we thought it was going to be difficult. But I think after this, uh, this video pitching, my, after this situation, it, it might become even more, more general. And well, I can say now that I'm not that afraid anymore. So I think we, we, we can do it. We can do it. You definitely did it. Thank you very much, Vincent, for this interview. Congrats again and good luck in San Francisco and with the continuation of CompTech story. Thank you very much, Marina. Thank you for having me here. Hello, Rasmus. Could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Well, so professionally, I'm, um, I have an entrepreneurial background. I've run a couple of businesses uh, in the past. So far, I have not, uh, I have not yet been uh, had a successful exit, but uh, no, still, still on my bucket list. Um, I work for Boost Tour Entrepreneurship Society, where I help uh, other teams to uh, not do the mistakes that I did and uh, help them to connect with uh, even better entrepreneurs to, to get their company up and going. We usually say we, st- we go from idea to 
to first investment. That's the area that we are mostly active in. And personally, privately, I uh, have a little family here. I work, you know, a lot from home as is things are now, and um, play rugby when that was possible. We say our season is paused, and I'm working on developing a little a card game for this Corona time, so you can play with your with your family and friends. It's called uh, Idiots at Sea or Tollot Merella is the name of the game, or or Dora Tichos in Swedish. And yes, I'm from Sweden originally, but I've lived in Finland for some time and also lived in Avanama, but I'm happy now living in Turku. Do you actually know that James from um, Seinajoki ES also plays rugby? I mean, that can be one activity that ES is due after, after all this crisis is gone, you know. Finnish ES rugby championship. Oh, that would be so cool. Speaking of uh, your current work, everybody of our listeners already know what kind of community is in Turku because we had a really cool interview last summer during our summer tour mm, but still what exactly is your position what do you do and maybe some projects you have recently organized well my, my title is network manager but I'm, I'm more like a development manager and a startup coach would be maybe a more clear definition so I help develop new projects for example now we have the startup marathon which is a 42 hour long hackathon to develop your own idea and Well, I I was on father's leave, but when I came back, uh, the coronavirus started had already started to hit, and uh, in the first week of work, we we didn't meet physically, but we had like a distance meeting already on my first day back from work, and we realized that the startup marathon that was going to start that same weekend could not be done physically. Like, I mean, for some reason, we like, I I think it happened to most of us. We we forgot that. Wait, like, think the the coronavirus started impacting things slowly. And I was thinking, what can I do in my personal life? But professionally, that didn't hit my brains yet. But when it did, and we we decided then to go over digitals. That, and so that's the stuff that I can do. That Then I help to set up how do we do it digitally and, and do all the adjustments that need to be done and, and lead that change. Um, so that's I do I do stuff like that. I help. And then we ha- in that case, we had a, a intern who ran the marathon. Uh, Dory, so I helped her, uh, you know, organize and fix it and do the changes. That then she ran the whole thing, so uh, I didn't have to pull the heavy lifting. But uh, I, I did uh, change it and got the, like the mindset of the whole team that this is how how we're going to solve it. So that type of stuff I do. I, I help to make the projects come to life. I'm kind of like a support person, coach for for the people running projects as well. The original idea of the marathon was to be organized offline, so like real yes. faces, real people face to face. Have you had any other events that um, Turku community had to move from real life to the internet? Well, the big uh, well, there's a big question for Shift Business Festival, which we are a co-owner of that. But I don't, I'm not sure that the, that will be a future hell to tell because I don't think they've made a proper decision yet there what they're going to do. But when it comes to us, we have a pre-accelerator that starts next week, and that thing had to move uh, online quite uh, that in the same vein that we now had with uh, with the Startup Marathon, we changed that also to be all digital. And uh, we have 12 teams that we're going to have for that, so it's, um, it's looking promising still. We haven't had a first event, but uh, on that, but we had, you know, uh, running things digitally, for all of those of you listening, I- and you want you have to do it, wow, it's so much harder than doing it on face-to-face, Espe- at least if you're used to face-to-face. Yeah, somehow in everything takes on average... 50% longer. Uh, if I tell you, for example, please, in your team, draw a picture of the, your website, a draft of your website. 
in a normal setting, I would give you guys five minutes to do it, and I could go around and say, draw faster, please draw faster. Like I, I'm quite a hec not a hectic, but I have a tempo on my workshops. If I do the same in this digital, like a digital environment, they people cannot cooperate that fast. It's just one person speaking at a time you cannot speak on top of each other at all because you lose the audio from the people when that happens so it gets like turn based almost political when you're talking it's almost like uh, your honor I'd like to speak you know it's, it's almost like that things like this I, I don't even know all the issues but the result is that it's much slower and then also for example let's say I'm presenting something I usually don't use slides I just talk and, and I'm quite interesting anyway on stage but when it's digital even though I have my face there it's not enough it's not interesting enough uh, people lose interest and they cannot follow the story properly for some reason you then using slides instead of your face is a huge advantage much much better so there and then the third one all the tools you have how to be pre prepared really well so that you know go here here's the link click here to go into this tool because every minute loss is just you just lose so much time so fast it's just somebody's lost can they can be lost for a long time you have to have feed people sorry ready to troubleshoot if there's a problem so we ha you have to have like a backup team yeah there's there's a lot of stuff you have to look at to to make a a good uh, online event so uh, we've tried now we've had two and we have the third one like the third one coming up on Tuesday so we're getting better at it but it's it's it, I, well you know what for I'm talking a lot here I guess that's what the podcast is for for all of you yeah for all of you considering doing an online thing do a little test that's kind of real if you can this is almost like an MVP or a prototype do a talk I'm gonna do a 15 minute workshop on this topic and then invite five of your friends or five people who are interested in what you're talking about and then you're able to notice all these problems so when you do the real one with 50 people uh, you've already gone through the most basic problems that can happen i like the idea of like giving this kind of try out i'm just thinking who would be the five people i would talk to into having half an hour with me doing some trying um well, I mean, you're doing all this podcasting stuff so i i, I bet there's a million people extra in the world now thinking of doing a podcast so you could have that it's just like, we're going to talk podcast for half an hour and I'm going to have you do some, some exercises during during that time and uh, yeah we actually started in our Twitter I started a thread the other day if someone is interested we are ready to do some um, a couple of workshops about how to do podcast so if someone from our listeners would like to join that feel free to contact us via Twitter Send me a personal message in LinkedIn or in Facebook. Make a comment under, for example, our YouTube video. So there are a few ways to contact us. Don't hesitate. Ask questions. Join. As soon as we have a bit of a crowd of interested people, we'll announce the time and so on. Yeah, I think it will be interesting. Um, let's go a bit to the positive side. Do you think there is actually something, in a sense, better with the online events or online workshops? than the face-to-face -face ones like the transportation issue that you solve that you don't have to transport yourself so you're able to have people uh, who are maybe geographically kind of in a weird place can easy, much more easily join and you can have people who are you know well time zones is still an issue but you could have somebody from you know we could have a south african join our 
hackathon or be a coach because the you know the physical distance is not so important anymore well actually we had a contestant from egypt in one of the situations and his internet was just a little bit lagging so it was a little bit difficult to work with him uh, but we had another one from the emirates in another work in the, or in the same workshop and that that worked fine so i guess the internet quality is of course important and the distance you know even data is fast it only travels at the speed of light so if it's on the other side of the earth there's still a delay what would be generally your advice besides giving a tryout with a group of people you trust um any advice any tricks from you to run a successful um say online workshop because i know that you have done lots of workshop on coaching i i would say uh, there there's a lot of tips here but i mean this podcast might be only about that then but yeah sure I did it with much most basic things that was for free. So we used Google Hangout in the first event. And that means that we had one Google Hangout room was the public room where everybody was. Then we had every team had their own Google Hangout room with their own link. So that was the way that they were moving in between rooms using this link. Um it's not it this is this exists more or less automatically in Zoom educational version. So we now have that version of Zoom. So You can use that as well. But we did it down and dirty as the most easy way that we could. So you had two channels there. One was the main room, then you have group rooms. Then you need a, a back channel. So you have the first fallback line is WhatsApp. So you can communicate with all the participants and the participant can compute, con- connect with each other you, through a WhatsApp group. Then if that for some reason wouldn't work, you can you still have to have everybody's phone number. The best thing is is everybody in the whole event has everybody else's phone number so if anything happens they can still reach out for example somebody disconnected from a group then he could call the people uh, in the group instead and they oh there was a, they were only a pair so if the only one's pair mic didn't work then he could then call to the other participant in the same group and have the phone call in, instead of having a, a online meeting and then they move back to the main room where he was mostly listening anyway so that you should need you need to have this like trenches like you have to be able to go backwards in, into this okay that this thing didn't work then we go back to this and this didn't work we go back to this so you have to have that prepared um you cannot do it alone very well like i run workshops alone before uh, all the time now i'm it's almost like you're handicapped you, you can't do it alone well it's very hard you need somebody to help you with troubleshooting where people cannot hear or something doesn't work uh you need that extra person for example if your own internet goes down you can call to the to the second person who will put up your uh, in from the phone will put up his phone towards his computer microphone and then you the person who cannot talk uh, online can then talk through the phone giving instructions that way to the to the group discussion so there there are many ways that you can i mean some of them allows you to call into the meeting as well but there are these um tips and tricks of the trade so be more people than you think you might need because you cannot do it alone you need at least one more person have these back channels so the official channel for example if it's a a webinar have the webinar but also have the have every all the participants in a whatsapp list where they can communicate before and after to reach out to each other uh, and then have a support person i think those are the key key takeaways all right that was insightful thank you so as as a person who is also involved in a startup do you think it will be a time to sit back and develop this stuff or shall we all prepare that everything will go really will go really bad i think it's going to go bad that's my thinking i haven't been in this type of crisis before but even what has already happened uh, will take a huge hit in the economy 
Uh, I, I'm Swedish, so I, I read a lot of Swedish news. Now, Sweden, are those of you who are familiar, Sweden is taking a more experimental, well, I don't know, a more, well, I would say controversial approach to dealing with this crisis with almost doing nothing, which is kind of interesting. But even so, they are predicting, even with their whole economy being open, more or less, they are predicting a downturn of the economy this quarter of 6%. Now, what is that much or little? You might not know. But in the Great Depression, the fall was 2.5% per quarter. And Sweden is projecting a 6% fall in one quarter. So you can see that this is the biggest fall of the economy that the West has ever, that the, the Western world, the modernized world, have ever seen. And we have no idea how long this is going. If it's going on till Christmas, we will have lost almost a year of production. We'll lose so much wealth that it's you, we will be beyond anything anybody has ever seen who is alive today, at least from a, a like a modern country. Uh, so, and I don't know how long it will take to cap- catch back from that, but I, I think you've got to be ready for a real economic downturn. I don't even know if I want to save this question. It's like <laughs> the negative way to end the podcast. We all will die. The economy will yeah. die. So let's let's. That from that perspective, will it will you know you just got to be ready that that's going to happen. It, things is going to change, and you you know some things will be easier. Like you see, there now you have this to send food at home, all kinds of online services. Like its purchasing behaviors are changing, and because you're an entrepreneur, you're able to adjust much more easily. It's the big companies who sell the same things over and over again. They will struggle. So all of you entrepreneurs listening, you you'll be fine. You'll figure something out. But it will change. P- customer behaviors change. They might hold their pockets more stronger in some areas but they'll still spend in other areas you know we're still humans we still want to use our money but it's going to be a little bit of a change in behavior all right thank you rasmus for this interview you're welcome thank you for having me this was it for this week thank you for listening and let me remind you that tribecast is an independent media working in close cooperation with tribe tamper startup community Next week, we'll continue giving the voice of the local startup ecosystem. And for now, I wish you all a nice weekend and a happy Easter. Join us on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, Google Podcast, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is, and stay warm and tuned.